Hey, Bridgeway. How y'all doing today? Welcome to church. That was a lighthearted, creative rendition of what the other nine lepers might be doing with their life. By the way, if the Lord does heal you, uh, what do you do after you're healed? Well, I'll tell you this, he healed you for a purpose so that you will live with a purpose. But I do want to know what happened to the other nine. Today we are in the second installment of a four-week series called Otherwise. We're trying to gain wisdom from the perspective of the other. Last week we talked about other boats. Today we're going to talk about the other nine, that story of the ten lepers who were, who were healed by Jesus. Only one came back, but what about the other nine? Next week I'm going to talk about the other son. Remember that story in Luke 15, the prodigal son that leaves? But what about the other son that stayed home? And then after that, I'll end the series with other consciences. In other words, if somebody else has a different conviction or conscience than you as a believer, how are we supposed to learn from them and actually live with them? So it promises to be a great series. Now, the question I want to ask you before I pray, I want you to think about it and even write it in the chat if you want to interact with us on social media. And that is this. Why do you think the other nine lepers did not come back to say thank you to Jesus? Maybe one or two or three reasons. Put that in the chat. I'm going to monitor that in just a few minutes. But what do you think? Why do you think they didn't come back? We know the one came back because he was really thankful. But what about the other nine? What do you think? Write it on YouTube, write it on Facebook, and uh, I'll, I'll monitor that in just a second. But why don't we go ahead and bow for a short word of prayer and get started by reading the text to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the worship of God and the word of God that can somehow change our lives in such a way that we can give you glory just like this one leper did. Help us to understand the story, not only from his perspective, but maybe even the perspective of the other nine. We commit this message to you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So why do you think the other nine did not return? Well, I'm going to read the text to you now from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And let's read the story and observe some things along the way, and then I'll come back and, and get some of your thoughts on the other nine. We'll pick it up at verse 11. I'm reading from the New International Version, 1984, the Word of God. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Now, leprosy was like a skin disease or a cancer, if you will. They had to live out on the margins of society. In fact, we pick it up in verse 12. It says, they stood at a distance. And so you see, the idea of social distancing didn't come with the 2019 pandemic. This is something even from the Bible. They had a disease. They had to be socially distant from everybody else in the town, verse 13, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Sympathy. Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. That's how you confirm whether you've really been healed or not. Check it out. As they went, 
they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? And hence the title of our message, where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Notice Jesus is saying give praise to God. In other words, that he himself was God and it was God that was doing the healing. Has no one uh, returned to praise God except this foreigner? The last verse, verse 19. Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, I want to make some observations along the way, but right now I want to look at some of your, some of your chat. So I'm going to invite Derek Robinson to come up, who uh, is the head of our social media, and Pastor David Heiliger, uh, who led us in communion today, just to hear some of your, some of your thoughts on, on chat and, and write them down, just to see, and then we'll see if any of yours match mine, as I'm going to take you through nine reasons the other nine didn't return to say thank you. So, hello. First of all, Derek hey, and Pastor Dave, how y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Excellent, excellent. So what are you seeing? Are anybody giving you a couple of thoughts this morning? We have yeah. a lot of really good answers. Okay, <laughs> let's, what, what do you got? Uh, so Karen Stewart says, the others did not understand the blessing of being healed. The others didn't understand the blessing. Okay, and we don't even have to give their names, but uh, what does the next person say? The next one is, they thought they deserved it. They were entitled. So they were entitled, they thought that they deserved it, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, someone said they were too excited. <laughs> they were just so excited that they <laughs> just didn't even come back to say thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, so someone else said they, they were caught up in their lives and forgot about what Jesus did. So they just So they were totally just so forgot. caught up in their own life mm -hmm. that they didn't think about coming back. And along those lines, someone said they were selfish or vain. So just thinking okay. about themselves right. and their lives. Right. Um, <laughs> Let's see, we said they wanted to move on from the past, so they, they forgot, but maybe they wanted to forget so that they didn't right. have to even think about so it. So they didn't even want to remember the life they had. So we've mm -hmm. got, so far, what do we have? We got, David. they didn't understand the blessing that they actually received. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were entitled, maybe they were just so excited, they just moved on, they forgot, maybe they were selfish, uh -huh. or moving on because they wanted to forget the past. Right, yeah. right, that was, that mm -hmm. was the old me. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to be reminded of it. Exactly. Wow, okay. I'm ready for new. A anything else, Derek? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we have a lot of answers. I'm trying to <laughs> get some good ones out of here. Um, too self-absorbed, so another selfish one. Uh, so eager to show off their new healed skin. Ah. So that goes with the excitement. Um, excited to go tell their families and friends. Yeah. Uh, and then... Okay, so excited to go tell other people. Yeah. So maybe they were, uh, maybe they were even trying to tell other people about Jesus and what Jesus did. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think Give them a little credit. They, I think about who they might have missed. Like, if they've had leprosy, they haven't yeah. been able to be in contact with so many people that they used to be close to, possibly. Right. So they were eager to just get back to their family. So they were eager, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But they forgot to say thank you. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. A couple uh, more. Let's see. Um, they were focused on themselves, not on the healer. Mm. Back to um, that selfish one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they confused medical treatment with a Jesus miracle. Wow. Oh. So in other words, maybe it wasn't even Jesus who, who healed us. Maybe it was some other medical treatment. Right. Um, they did not understand because they were not believers. 
Unbelievers, okay. Um, they were excited to live in a place and situation that was no longer marginalized. Very good. Give me one more. Uh, let's see. They may not have strong enough trust to being out in public, even though they were healed. So they're ah, going to hide. They're going to hide. Mm -hmm. So when you when you look at these, both you, Derek, and and Pastor David, what do you think? Before I go into what my nine reasons are, and we'll see which ones match, and you'll be able to match up what I was thinking maybe with some of what you've been thinking. But as you see this list, does it hit you in any particular way? Well, I think of me when Jesus has blessed my life. Yeah. I've been entitled. I've been excited. I've forgotten. I've moved on. I wanted to see other people. Like, so I see me in this list. You see you in the other nine? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, I think about, like, the excitement factor. Like, if, if something amazing happens, like, even like in my own personal life, the last thing that I do is to think, oh, I should like go back and uh, like I just want to keep moving forward. Right. So um, that excitement factor just just like starts me running away and yeah. then I forget I need to stop and, and be thankful and uh, just remember that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go into nine reasons why uh, people may not have gone back to Jesus. And thank you for uh, mining some of those wonderful thoughts from our congregation today. Thanks, Doc. Let's give it up for Pastor Dave and for Derek. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, and, and it's important to understand. All ten were healed. If you go back to the passage, weren't all ten? All ten were healed, but only one was made whole. All ten were healed, but only one was made well. Rise, go. Your faith has made you well. A different uh, term in the original language than the others. Weren't the others cleansed? Now he says, rise and go. You have been made well. Ten were cleansed, but one was cured. And that's important. Because that one who was, who was cured, he says, rise and go, your faith has made you well, or your faith has cured you or made you whole. And so it's very possible that the others were, were healed, but they weren't whole, cleansed, but they weren't cured. And, and what this means is you can be in close proximity to Jesus and still receive a blessing without truly being completely whole. That's why we said last week with the other boats, remember that? Jesus was in one boat, but there were other boats on the sea. But when Jesus calmed the sea, they received the blessing of the calm because they were in close proximity. But you see, close proximity does not a relationship with Jesus make. There were two thieves on the cross, Jesus in the middle. One would spend eternity in paradise with Jesus. The other one would not, even though he was in close proximity. It's important to be close, but it's more important to be connected. If you're close, you may get the blessing. If you're close, you may get a word. If you're close, you may get healed. If you're close, you may get calm. But close is not the same thing as connected. My cell phone the other day. I, I thought it was connected. I had the cord in the phone. I woke up the next morning, took my phone, and went off and wondered why I had no power. It's because it actually was not connected all the way. And sometimes you can't see who's connected and who's not because it fits in there and it looks like it's in there. But until that connection happens, the power and the energy does not 
interchange. And there are some people who are so close to church, they look like they're saved. There's some people who are so close to Jesus, they look like they're cured. They may be healed. They may know the language. They know, may know the atmosphere. They may even feel the spirit. Some have tasted, but they have not truly digested. This may be a good question to ask yourself. Have I really connected to Jesus or am I simply in the vicinity? You know, you can be physically healed and still spiritually dead. So Jesus inquires of the other nine. And what I want to do is give you a modern day highlight of my nine reasons by giving you a name for each person. Let me, let me introduce you to nine different people. They represent the, lep the lepers. Let's call the first one Unconvinced Vinny. Look at his face. <laughs> Vinny's thankful, but he's not convinced it was Jesus. Maybe his internal dialogue is something like this. I mean, it, it could have been a coincidence. Maybe it was the medicine we took or the other gurus who came through town last month. Who knows? But it might have been Jesus, but, but I'm just not convinced. Here's a second person I'll introduce you to. Shyful Sharon. Look at her. She's too shy to return to thank Jesus. Her internal dialogue may go something like this. I don't want to bother him. I'm thankful in my heart. But he probably doesn't want to hear from me. He's busy healing other people. Uh, my little old voice doesn't matter. Have you ever thought like that? Here's a third one. Shameful Susan. She's too ashamed to return to Jesus and thank Jesus her internal dialogue is something like this. I don't deserve to be healed. I didn't deserve to be healed. I deserve to have that stinking disease anyway. I guess I'm glad to be healed, but I can't really accept it. Besides, if I go back and thank him, I'm just admitting how dirty I was anyway. I really don't want to revisit that life anymore. Or how about this guy? <laughs> Lazy Lenny. <laughs> He's thankful. He's just too lazy to return to Jesus. He's, he's like, what? You mean I have to walk all the way back to thank him? I don't really feel like it right now. I don't want to go all the way back to Jesus. Besides, it takes effort. Can you just hand me that remote and, and I'll think about it after the next show. And then you have busy Bobby. See him with all those post-it notes all over him. He's thankful. He's just too busy to return to Jesus. There are so many things I have wanted to do, he's probably thinking, that he couldn't do before, so as soon as I knock those out, I'll get back to you, Jesus. He's definitely going to get back at some point. In fact, he's probably thinking, I've got Jesus on my to-get-back correspondence list really, really soon. He's just too busy right now. Well, what about this lady? Distracted Daisy. <laughs> She's thankful, but just too distracted to, to return to Jesus. You know anybody like this? Her internal dialogue is, I plan on getting back to thank Jesus. I just keep getting distracted. Shoot, I, I meant to, though. I meant to. 
oh, uh, look what popped up on my cell phone. It begins to read a headline. What? What? The bachelor from the season 23 is gay? <laughs> She's just, just distracted. How about skip the skeptic? Number seven, he's thankful. He's just skeptical about returning to think. Jesus, different than unconvinced Vinny. Vinny's not sure if it was Jesus. Skip the skeptic. He, he believes it was Jesus, but he's just not sure how long the, this healing thing is going to last. He, he's thinking to himself, I need to wait for it to be fully revealed. Kind of like that COVID vaccine. Let's, let's see and wait until other people get it. He's probably thinking, I believe it, I receive it, but I'm just not fully accepting that I'm fully healed yet. That's skip the skeptic. Two more. How about number eight? Silent Sylvia. <laughs> She's thankful, but just not expressive enough to return to Jesus. Her internal dialogue, which that's often what her dialogue is, internal. I am thankful in my heart. I, I just never really express it. I, I don't say it, but I'm sure Jesus and others, they just know it in their hearts that I'm grateful, right? I mean, come on. If I wasn't, I would say something, right? <laughs> Do you know anybody like this? They communicate in their heads, and they think you should just know what they're thinking. If they're in the room with you now, please don't look at them. Just keep looking at the screen. Very good. <laughs> Here's the last one. What about that guy? <laughs> Proud Pete. He's thankful, maybe, but he's too proud to give credit to anyone else but himself. His internal dialogue, I hung in there. I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps. And if you persevere like I did, then you can be a successfully healed person too. Look at me and see, I am victorious, I'm healed, I'm blessed. In fact, I got a new book coming out. It's entitled, I Did It, and You Can Too. Well, I was actually thinking about this title, how to be healed and happy like me. Or floating this title out there, The Seven Habits of Highly Healed People. Does that sound good? Proud Pete. You can smell Pete's bull from a mile away. The problem is he can't smell his own arrogance. So what do you think out of these nine lepers? Some of them match what you had said earlier. But my question is not about what you said, but how you live. Do you see yourself in any of these nine? Unconvinced Vinny, shyful Sharon, shameful Susan, lazy Lenny, busy body or busy Bobby, <laughs> skip the skeptic, silent Sylvia, proud Pete. Well, if you find yourself in that condition of any of those, maybe this would be a good point to say, you know what, Lord, I see myself, I hear you, I'm sorry, I repent. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the one who was the hero in the story, the one who went back and said thank you.
Let me give you a few observations from the story. I'll give you three, and then we'll kind of bring this to a close. But as we're looking at the wisdom that we can gain from the other nine, we also have to see uh, something about Jesus, the wisest of everyone, who helps us understand why this is supposed to work the way it worked between him and the one who came back. Three observations. Here's the first one. Jesus receives anyone who calls on him. Jesus receives anyone who calls on him. This is an important observation because we find out that whatever condition you have, whether diseased or whether you're not from the right side of the tracks, any condition, any color, any class, any culture, Jesus will receive anyone who calls on him. It says that the Samaritan men called on Jesus, and what did he do? He healed them and said, go, show yourself to the priest. What's interesting is he was a Samaritan, and Jesus made it clear that everyone knew. He said he was a Samaritan. Why? Because Jesus, as a Jewish man, was calling out that there is someone who is a foreigner that he has received into his bosom, that he has received into relationship with God, that you didn't just have to be a particular group of people. It didn't matter what color, what culture, what background. He made the Samaritan the hero. Just like he did in the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was the hero who helped the man who was laid out on the side of the road. Or in John 4, the woman at the well. She was the hero after she came from Jesus. She went and turned her whole town toward the Lord. You see, Jesus will take the socially outcast when others won't. He'll take mixed race people when others won't. This is, my friends, what gracism looks like. Reaching out to those who are on the margins and including them into the circle of honor and healing and wholeness. You can be a diseased leper who is culturally marginalized and Jesus will have pity on you and will be sympathetic to you. You can be mixed race and socially unwelcomed as an outcast. You can be from the wrong side of the tracks. You can be a poor beggar with nothing to offer. You might not have a degree. You might not have a big home. You might not have nice clothes. You might not have good social status or a good reputation. But if you have a mouth and a desire to call on the name of the Lord to be healed, you qualify by crying out to the Lord and saying, God, I need your deliverance. Romans 10.13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus receives anyone who calls on him. Here's a, here's a second observation. Jesus welcomes a 10% return as praiseworthy. Jesus welcomes a 10% return as praiseworthy. You see, all he needs is a tithe. All Jesus needs is a remnant. God can do a lot with a little. In fact, it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God's just looking for someone to say, Lord, it's all yours. God, I'm giving back to you, God. I want you to use me, God. Strengthen me, God. One of the most practical ways we can thank God for what he's done in our life is by giving back to him. And when you give a tithe, you need to think of it as a thanksgiving offering. 
Not a guilt offering. That's Old Testament. We don't do guilt offerings. We do glad-hearted offerings, cheerful offerings. There were 10 that were healed. One came back. That's a 10% offering back to the Lord of thanksgiving. And while he would love the other nine to come back, he's thankful for the one who did come back. And we're not sure if they were all Samaritans or not, but one thing we do know is that this one was. Jesus receives praiseworthy gifts from people who are grateful to him regardless of their background. This is what made the Pharisees and the Sadducees so upset because Jesus would receive anyone and now they actually have something of value to give back to Jesus even if they didn't have the right culture or the right background or the right resources. That's why a widow could show up with two mites and it would touch the heart of Jesus. 10%. It's all he needs. Don't think of your next offering as an obligation. Next time you have income, see it as a privilege that you have the ability to give something back to Jesus. And you know, the scripture teaches us that each man, and it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, listen, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful, glad-hearted, joyous, hilarious giver. God is able to make, listen, all grace abound to you. So that, listen, in all things, listen, at all times, listen, having all that you need, you will abound, and here it is, every good work. When you give to the Lord, you're giving, thanking him. He doesn't give you 10%. He gives you all, all, all. God is able to make all grace. Can you imagine if you only got 10% grace and then you're done? It says so that you in all things, at, at all times, all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God gives his all, and yes, he wants you to give your all as well, but that 10% is just saying, Lord, I'm coming back to say thank you. You have my whole life, and I'm going to continue to give, but I had to stop and say thank you. Offerings are a thanksgiving moment with Almighty God. And God wants you to thank him with, at least with 10%. Listen, of your time, of your talents, of your treasures, of your tongue. He came back and he used his voice. What would happen if you said, you know what, 10% of my speech today is going to be praise and worship to God. How many words do you speak in a day? 10% uh, of all the words I speak at work, of all the works I speak at home, of all the words I speak in the neighborhood, of all the words I speak at church, of all the words that I type in chats, and all the words that I type online, and all the words that I put up pictures on Twitter and Instagram, could I give an offering of 10% to testify to the glory of God? And can I give 10% to tell other people about Jesus? You see, he wants, he wants 10%, he, he wants 100% of everything, but 10% is just a, a way of saying, and, and thank you. 
you know, I think sometimes we think it's only about money. And yeah, when we talk about 10% of tithe, that's about money. And that's just the tithe. That's not the offerings. And some people say, should I tithe on, on my gross or should I tithe on my net? And my response is, how do you want God to bless you? Gross or net? But it's more than money. It's time. What, what would happen if you gave 10% of your time to the advancement of God's kingdom? You work 50 hours and you say, I'm going to give five hours to building the kingdom of God. You work 70 hours. I'm going to give seven hours this week to building the kingdom of God. Should you be doing it all the time? Absolutely. But I'm just saying, what would happen if you just said 10% of everything in my life is a way of me saying thank you to the Lord, not only of my, my time, but my talents, my skills. The skills that I use, I'm going to use them for the glory of God all the time, but 10% I'm going to give back. What would that look like for you? As well as your resources. You know, there's some people that gave a lot more than 10%, and some people that gave 2%. It doesn't matter as long as you give with a good heart to this to this campaign to renovate our building. The future fitting of our building is going to be absolutely gorgeous, and, and phase one should be done by the end of the summer, and then we'll start phase two. That'll take about a year. By the time we get to summer of 2022, that'll be our 30-year our anniversary, and we'll have the inside and the outside uh, completely future fitted. But I just want to pause again, because I know we haven't talked about it since, um, since Christmas. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for those of you who gave. I gave you five weeks to give $500,000, and here we are uh, with $750,000, 50% more than what we were asking for. Can I just say thank you? And that's, that's money, but you know what? How about also, for those of you who have given your time, just this week, the governor of our state, for those of you who are not around uh, this particular state, we're in Maryland, and the governor of our state and his wife, the first lady of Maryland, came to visit us because we were doing vaccines here at our church for the last couple of weeks in partnership with another church, Bethel Korean Church, and together over 800 vaccinations were given to try to help uh, people get healthy from all different colors, cultures, and backgrounds. And Governor Hogan uh, took a lot of time from us because we had to do a lot of work to get ready for him. And I just want to say people like uh, Virginia Callahan, who gave of her time and her team and the people that worked with her, ministry champions who are saying, you know what, I gladly give my time to serve the community. Friends, that's what we're talking about. Time, talents, treasures, and tongue. Let's review. I said we have three observations. That's the first two. Jesus receives anyone. Number two, Jesus welcomes a 10% return as praiseworthy. But here's the third one, and this is a quite, quite an interesting observation, and that is this. Jesus returns for those who return to him. Jesus returns for those who turn to or return to him. You're like, well, what do you mean by that? If you keep reading beyond this passage and you go into the next several verses, guess how the, the, the passage ends in that chapter? The chapter ends with the return of Jesus Christ. What a twist. You see, people turn to Jesus for help and for healing, but they don't return to him for worship and for praise. In fact, it says that this leper returned to him with a loud voice 
praising God. Now, in the Greek language, the word loud, guess what it is? It's the word megalos. That's the word we get mega, loud. And then the word voice, it's the word phonos. And guess what that is? Phone. So he, with a loud voice, a mega phone, did what? He doxazon, which is the word doxology, which is the word praise or glorify God. You know that song called the doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know that one? It's saying that with a loud voice, a megaphone voice, he praised God. He, he glorified God. We could translate verse 15 like this. With a megaphone, he glorified God. Wow. You see, Jesus tells us that even the Samaritan woman wanted to worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus says, yet a time is coming when, and has come when, listen, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Verse 24 of John 4, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. What Jesus is looking for is not people that will just give a wink of thanksgiving. Thanks. He's looking for people who will be true worshipers. Megaphone glorifiers for him. Not those people that turn to God for a quick fix, a bailout, a healing. But those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Those who return and say, thank you, Jesus. Not thank you, universe. Not thank you, Mother Earth. Not thank you, lucky stars. But they know who healed them, and they go back to the one who did it in their life to say, thank you, Jesus. And because of their faith, he says, your faith has made you well, are you thanking Jesus with your time, your talents, your treasures, and your tongue? Choose to be the one. Choose to learn from the mistakes of the other nine. Wisdom is gained by learning what not to do from others who have messed up. Learn from the error of their ways. Don't be lazy. Don't be too busy. Don't be too distracted. This is your moment to say, God, I am sorry. I'm a pause even now just to say thank you. And you say, but what does that have to do with this point that Jesus returns to those who turn or return to him? Well, you got to read verses 34 and 35. Listen to what it says. It's talking about the return of Christ. This is amazing because this is what it says. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in the bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. One was taken. 
the others left. We're talking about the rapture. We're talking about when Christ comes back, there will be a time we'll all be together and all of a sudden in the twinkling of an eye, someone's going to be gone. And he says, one will be taken, the other will be left. If you do not turn to him, if you do not return to him, he will not return for you. He's only returning for the people who have turned to him. He's only returning for people who are true worshipers who return to him and not give glory to everybody else, including themselves, but give glory to him and him only. And that's why he says your faith has cured you. Your faith has made you well, not just in your body, but in your spirit. What does it profit a man not to get the vax, vaccination? What does it profit a man not to get the virus? What does it profit a man to be physically healed and spiritually dead? I don't have COVID, but I don't have Christ. So you'll be one of the others that are left. Get right. Or get left. Make a decision right now to be the one. Choose to cry out to Jesus for help and healing. Come back to his feet and worship him for the salvation and the healing in your life. Cast away all those negative thoughts that the enemy wants to use to keep you from doing what you're supposed to do for the Lord. And if you'll do that, Jesus will say to you, rise and go. Your faith has made you well.